You are now listening to the Add 10 Gallons Concrete Podcast. Wait, the answer was add 10 gallons? Add 10 gallons. My first thought was we got to put active children. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Trucks on, on, the on the way. On the way. Yeah, okay. I've got two observations, uh, neither of which are really educated or well thought out. <laughs> which are like most of my observations are. There aren't a lot of problems on a job site that can't be solved with a sack full of biscuits. Today's episode of the Add 10 Gallons Concrete Podcast is brought to you by Actigel 208. Actigel 208 is a high-performance additive for the concrete industry that is greatly beneficial to the producer. It enables them to increase the percentage of manufactured sand by up to 100% and completely replace all the natural sand in the mix. In areas where natural sand is scarce, inconsistent, and expensive, this provides a huge benefit to any ready-mix company out there. Benefits of manufactured sand and concrete include consistent air content, improved compaction, and increased density. Now in the past, the downside of using manufactured sands was that they were hard to pump, hard to place, and hard to finish. Well, Actigel 208 solves all those issues. By improving suspension, stability, and the quality of the cement paste in the mix, Actigel overcomes the old issues with manufactured sand and leaves them behind. Let Actigel 208 improve the quality of your mix while saving money on every yard you produce. For more information, visit us at actigel.com. That's A-C-T-I dash G-E-L dot com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Canada is calling me. Yes, go ahead. You got to answer. This is Josh. I did this this morning. I'm glad this is getting recorded. Five minutes later. Jesus. <laughs> With that, we welcome you in to the fifth update here on the Add Two Weeks Quarantine Podcast. I'm still here, obviously, and now the Canadian government knows that, so hopefully everything's all right. But I'm also joined with Paul Finley and our special guest today, Joey Bell, joins us on the Q-Teen update from Freedom Land. How's it like in the land of the free home of the brave, Joey Bell? Now the sun's shining, the air is clear, uh, there's no COVID regulations in uh, Tennessee now. They've eliminated all the COVID regulations except for like in- indoor mask mandates or whatever. So everything's good if you're outside. All right. Well, to follow that up, Paul, how's it going? It's going, brother. Still here. Uh, the feds have not hauled me away yet, and I saw uh, some news breaking about the CDC guidance on masking has been loosened up quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to see that. Right on. Well, I was promised some scoop uh, behind the scenes before this episode started. I was promised some groundbreaking scoop from Paul. So follow up your claim, son. Let's hear it. All right. So as everybody knows, we've been here for 10, 11 days now. We got to get some laundry done. So I'm out in the hotel scoping. All right. Well, how are we going to get this laundry done. Uh, you know, so we're just figuring it out. So I'm talking to the front desk guy, Alex, and uh, gotten to know him a little bit because he's been here so long and I see him every day, sometimes twice a day. And so Alex asked me today, 
he said, hey, how was that visit with the feds? And I was like, yeah, it's pretty crazy, right? And he, he, he said, yeah, man, we've been under this quarantine thing all year long. He said, that is the first time ever that a federal agent has actually shown up to a hotel to check on the guests to see if they were quarantined. Of course it is. Who else would they need to check on? <laughs> Except Paul Finley when he rolls in there. Some little sensor got tripped. Like all that Finley guy's coming back up here. That Finley curse is coming with him. <laughs> that is perfect for this episode because in, in the fourth update, we promised everybody that we were going to delve deeper into the Finley curse. And what better way to start us off with pure real-time proof that Paul Finley is just different. <laughs> <laughs> Rare breed. Well, and it's contagious too because they checked up on me. Like, I... I'm not who you're after. <laughs> you're guilty by association. Yeah. Guilty by association. I'll be dang. Yeah. They checked up on me too, but I, I doubt they cared as much. <laughs> First time ever. Man. Of course. And here we were. We were on the last episode giving Canada a little bit of kudos because we were like, listen, we don't like the rules and we think it's borderline Orwellian, but we got to give them credit because at least they follow up and actually go through with the regulations and they say they're going to check up and, and by God, they check up, which is more than you can say about a lot of the rules in the States during the quarantine peak. So we kind of tipped our hat to them a little bit, but come to find out, it's not like that at all. It's just Paul. It's just Paul. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't really done anything since we practiced this way before they actually enforced these regulations. Might as well brush the rule book off and see what all we got to do and run a drill since this guy's here. Yeah, let's get some intern to walk over there in a uniform and a face mask and start <laughs> asking some questions. <laughs> While that intern's out getting coffee, he can check on this guy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, she didn't seem like an experienced field agent. You haven't been talked to by the Minister of Public Health, have you? Not yet. Look, door's barricaded. He ain't getting in here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, they, they ain't called yet. But I tell you, the medical a medical emergency is covered by the Quarantine Act, all right? Uh, that doesn't mean they're happy about it, but it is covered. Well, it's going to be hard to top that story, but you you do have another story that's, that's pretty close. Are you going to tell a story about the time you were in Australia and they had to evacuate the airport and you had to go back oh. in? Are you going to tell that story? That's Man, a good one. I actually forgot about that. I got too many stories. You were trying to keep this Joker around 20 minutes. We don't want this to be, you know, like our usual 60 minute ish podcast. But what I'm saying here is to the chagrin of our listeners and myself, unfortunately, you got to pick one, maybe two stories. You can't tell all 300 of your unfortunate travel events. <laughs> we need the Cliff Notes versions. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, for like a, a simpler story, I tell you, I had just moved to Baltimore back in 2014, I believe. I had just gotten there. I wasn't familiar with the Mid-Atlantic at all. You were telling me and Mike Morris was telling me, Josh, that uh, the weather uh, was different. It was always cloudy. It was always drizzling rain, but it was never really that severe. Like the, you might get some thunderstorms here and there, but... You know, the hurricanes, for whatever reason, never seemed to reach the, the harbor of Baltimore and tornadoes didn't really exist in the, the mid-Atlantic at all. And, you know, like, you know, so and then the snow is never really that bad. You might get some ice, but they're 
pretty well prepared on the Maryland roads. They do a pretty good job. You know, so so all in all, the Mid Atlantic weather wise was, was pretty nice. I'm like, wow, no tornadoes, no hurricanes. Well, that's kind of cool. As a guy coming from the deep south, you you get used to reading weather patterns on TV, and they, they teach you when you're six years old, like all about how to detect Doppler radar tornado signatures. Like that's just the thing, right? And so I, I was like, wow, that's pretty great. So I looked it up. I was like, I was like, all right, let's see if Josh telling the truth. And he was. There was, was like no recorded tornadoes in all of twenty. 13 in the state of Maryland. I was like, wow, that is absolutely fascinating. So here I am in 2014. I don't think there'd been one there either. And it was my very first flight going out of BWI. And I got on that plane and immediately uh, we're, we're like set to take off. You know, everything's going fine. And, and instead of turning left onto the runway, we turned right. You know, and we rolled like five minutes out into some uh, parking lot and we sat there. And, I, you know, you never know what's going on. It could be anything, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, they came over and they're like, all right, everybody, sorry about the delay, but if you look out your windows toward the west, that is a tornado that has just touched <laughs> down outside of Baltimore. We're waiting on it to pass. Brought to you by Paul Finley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I was stuck on that plane for like three hours on the tarmac, just waiting on, or parking lot, or really the tarmac. It was actually on one of those parking lots, waiting on the storm to pass. And then even though we were technically like first in line, apparently other flights took priority. And so we had to get like weaved back into the rotation. We were there a long time. Lord, Joey, what you got? So my experiences with international travel are similar but different from Paul's. Paul's got a lot of major events that happened with his travel. You know, the tornado, Australia, the evacuating the airport and his various stories regarding the mining operations in Africa. Mine are just like little occurrences or observations that happen throughout my eight-year tenure. And most of those occur south of Houston. When I refer to areas south of Houston, uh, it could be anywhere between Mexico and the South Pole. Since I've been with AMI, I've been to Mexico, Peru, Brazil, Costa Rica, Guatemala. I think that's it. So most people don't know that they don't put concrete plants in the good parts of any of those places down there. They're all on the outskirts, next to the slums. The poorest people I've ever seen were, I think it was outside of Sao Paulo, Brazil. It was a large community of just tents, tarps, concrete block, you know, buildings, whatever, that they could just fashion together with no mortar, of course. <laughs> they went laying block, they were stacking block, and then they had like tarps <laughs> over that. But I remember, and I'm just going to try to rattle off a couple of the things that I've noticed on the travels. Guatemala was probably the most crime-infested country I'd ever been in. If you envision like the little souvenir shops, for example, that sell keychains, t-shirts, little knickknacks, dollar getters, whatever you want to call them. They had an armed guard outside of every one of those little stores. And you wouldn't think about it. Like, what's in there that's worth anything? Well, to if you ain't got nothing, anything's worth something. So they had a guy out there with a tactical shotgun with a belt full of shells at, in front of those stores. And I remember there was garbage all in the street. And this is in Guatemala City. And so that's what I remember about Guatemala. I do remember in Costa Rica, uh, we were on the way to a plant or a job site or something one morning, and Roberto, who worked with us and was a, basically a translator for me for any time we went down there, he said, we're going to stop and get breakfast on the way to the job site. I was like, okay, cool. 
So we head out, just head out on you know back roads. I mean, backwoods kind of area, middle of nowhere. And we pull over. It looks like a pole barn on the side of the road. And uh, I said, what are we doing here? He goes, this is where we're going to get breakfast. So we pull in and there's like lawn chairs and stuff and tables under this shed off in the corner of it. It had three walls. In one corner, there was a bunch of old ladies making tortillas. And then on the other side was like the little counter. And I guess they had a little addition to that little building where they had their kitchen and whatever. The only thing they served was swordfish and eggs and tortillas. That's all they that's all they served. So we had swordfish and eggs at this shed on the side of the road in Costa Rica. And then Peru, I could rattle on about Peru quite extensively because we stayed in Lima for, for a couple of days. And then I had to have a medical exam on a Sunday at a hospital in Lima before we went up the mountain to this mine. So the seating area at this little hospital didn't have a roof on it. It was an open air courtyard. With also lawn furniture, I think. Had to have a medical exam for the mine up there to make sure I could handle the altitude. Took us eight hours to drive up into the mountains from Lima. Saw wild llamas. That was pretty cool. About 25 mile an hour. Is that what you were? Driving along the side of these mountains and there's no guardrails or anything else. So yeah, it took a while. It was 80 degrees in Lima, 30 degrees at the top of the mountain and snow on the ground. And then we dropped off the other side and drove for another hour. And that's where we were. The little hotel we stayed in was $17 a night, just renovated, did not have heat or hot water, and it was 30 degrees outside. They did supply me with a little bedside heater, which kept the chill off. It was, we were basically camping in a building, that's what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got altitude sickness almost daily. I drank a lot of coca tea, which is made from the same plant that we're all thinking of. Um mm. They're just the leaves of that plant, and it's not in the powder version. They don't just add it to the, the, the tea or whatever, but it helped my altitude sickness. But it was a bunch of little stuff like that. And then Mexico, you know, I could go on for another hour regarding Mexico, too, because just, like I said, a lot of little things. For instance, I flew into a little town called San Luis Potosi for a little Shot Creek trial down there. I had to go through, quote-unquote, customs. I'm doing air quotes for those of for those who can't see this, so it was basically a phone booth before you go into the airport. Just some guy there just stamping passports. I don't even know if we looked at them. The runway and tarmac that we parked the plane on had grass growing up through the pavement. And then also maybe on that same trip, that was when I got there and Roberto was saying, hey, I, hey, I got some bad news. I was like, what? He says, the government shut the mine down. I was like, what? How do they do that? He's like, it's basically extortion. The mine didn't pay him enough money, so the government shut him down. <laughs> well, you know a little bit about that, right? Politics and government shutting mine down. Yeah, we, we've <laughs> seen our fair share of bit of that. But, uh, man, those are some crazy stories, Joey. Pretty insane. But I want to hear what happened to Josh. Josh, share some of your craziness. I feel bad saying this at this point, but I really don't have any – horrible war stories. I mean, I, I slept in the Chicago hair airport one night for about six hours and I got snowed in at the Toronto airport one time for like 12 hours or something like that. But outside of that, it's, you know, it's been pretty, pretty chill. The only, I almost got fired over the Toronto deal because I had, I had an iPad and I'm snowed in this airport for God knows how long. It ended up being 12 hours, but I didn't know that when it first started. And so at the time, I was connected to the uh, 
Toronto airport Wi-Fi and I'm binge watching Netflix. I think it was Breaking Bad at the time when it was like at the peak of its popularity. But I watched like three seasons of this show while I was <laughs> quarant- basically quarantined at the time <laughs> before that word got any popularity to it. But yeah, so I was there for hours at a time at the Toronto airport watching Breaking Bad on this iPad. And I didn't realize that very early on in my binge watching experience, the Wi-Fi in the airport went down and I was using my cellular network in Canada. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize it until about a month later when our executive IT manager, Michael Janney was his name. He doesn't work with AMI anymore, but he calls me in his office. He goes, listen, man, <laughs> I don't know what you've been doing, but you rung up a $2,800 cell phone bill last month. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, on this date, you used more data than you've used the entire year previously. <laughs> like, I'll cover Golly. I'll cover your butt for now, but like this isn't gonna happen again. I was like, all right, I get you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, luckily there's not uh, there's not too many sketch stories coming out of Canada, but the ones that no. everybody does have, they usually involve weather. I thought about starting this episode with like the caveat that like the stories you're gonna hear today are not your, oh, I got snow delayed and had to stay overnight in O'Hare. And then sure enough, Josh says, well, you know, the, the worst thing I've had was I got snowed in and delayed overnight in O'Hare. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, you would I feel bad admitting that I don't have any true war stories. That's all I got. Just the typical stuff that most people that travel for a living, they got the same stories I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got the O'Hare story. Now, the $2,800 uh, iPad data bill. That's pretty good. With that, we'll let you guys go. And uh, it is Friday when we're recording this currently. So we'll be back uh, on Monday with the sixth update on our quarantine journey after the weekend. We'll have a nice little re- weekend recap for you guys. But thanks for listening along. We look forward to uh, getting you out a couple more episodes before our trip up to none of it. And at which time we probably won't be able to give you a daily update uh, while we're up there getting work done as as we're actually paid to do. So uh, we'll check you guys next time. Thanks for listening along. Thanks for Joey for being our special guest here today. Awesome stories. Appreciate your time. Anytime you can get on here, buddy. Yeah, man. No problem. Anytime. If you get bored, you need more content. I'll come ramble about something. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll see you guys.